welcome to this week's Crowd Church service. We are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. Our service will last about an hour and in a few seconds we will start with a time of worship after which you will meet our hosts for our service who will introduce today's talk. After the talk, we head into Conversation Street, where we look at your stories and questions that you've posted in the comments throughout the live stream. I want to invite you to connect with us here at Crowd Church, and there are a few ways that you can do just that. Firstly, you can engage with Crowd from any device during our live stream. And if you're up for it, why not invite a few friends over and experience the service together? You see, church is all about connecting with God and connecting with others. And one of the easiest ways for you to do that is to also join one of our midweek groups where we meet online together to catch up and discover more about the amazingness of Christ. You can also subscribe to our podcast called What's the Story, where we deep dive into stories of faith and courage from everyday people. More information about all of these things that I've mentioned can be found on our website at www.crowd.church or you can reach us uh, on social media at Crowd Church. If you're new to Crowd or new to the Christian faith and would like to know what your next steps to take are, well, why not head over to our website, crowd.church forward slash next for more details. And now the moment you've been waiting for is here. Our online church service starts right now. Wow. Good evening. Welcome to Crowd Church. My name is Matt. Beside me is my beautiful wife. Uh, Hi, everyone. It's great to see you. Great that you're here. Uh, well, welcome to the studio. We have changed the layouts. And it's your first time in the studio as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've been given instructions about what camera to look at when. So, uh, <laughs> Should we try it? Let's try it. Let's see. Look at that camera there and say hello. Hi. <laughs> How am I doing? <laughs> Very good. I'll look at that camera there and say hello. And then we'll go back to that camera there and we'll say hello. Uh, for those of you who are joining in going, what on earth? <laughs> we are in our new studio and we're still trying to figure out the tech. We've moved things around slightly. Let us know. Do you prefer it this way or if you've seen the other uh, live streams that we've done, do you prefer it the other way? I think this is a bit better, a bit more intimate, but um, I don't know why I'm looking at you asking you the question because you didn't do it the other way. Uh, but there you go. Yeah, so welcome. Warm welcome to you. You've got Sarah in the comments. got Jenny. We've got Andy, Matt. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, Sarah, good to see you. Jenny, good to see you. Uh, Andy, good to see you. Obviously, and Matt, good to see you as well. Matt Crew called me uh, before we went live saying, Matt, there's a spelling mistake on the thumbnail. There is. There is a spelling mistake yeah. on the thumbnail. Well, I'm very sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We will rectify that. Uh, so, <laughs> spelling mistakes aside, uh, welcome to Frontline, uh, Frontline Church. <laughs> welcome Crowd to Crowd Church. Church. It's not Frontline. Crowd Church is part of Frontline. Uh, but welcome to Crowd Church. Great that you're here. What have we got this afternoon slash this evening so we've got uh, the lovely dave Connolly speaking to us uh we've been working our way through the book of acts from the bible and he's doing the next portion of that mm -hmm. um i'm just looking at my notes here um <laughs> after that we're going to tell you a little bit more about our what's the story podcast 
Um, and then we're going to have Conversation Street, which is basically where me and Matt are going to take your comments and just talk around the talk. Um, talk around the talk. Yeah, talk around the talk. Absolutely. Yes, we are. I'm just getting my uh, iPad set up here. Sorry about this. Um, for some reason, it's not showing me the live stream. So I'm hoping we are actually, in fact, live. I think we are because I'm seeing comments on the screen over there. So... Um, yes. So, yeah, we are working our way through the Book of Acts. Uh, we've been doing this for a little while now. Uh, and uh, we are... Taking our time. We are te- we're just moseying on through. We're not in a rush. We're enjoying the Book of Acts. Um, and so, yeah, we've got Dave Conn talking with us tonight. You've actually heard the talk. I have, yeah. I like to listen to it beforehand. So I've got my notes here, things I'd like to talk about. So you I'm ready very, to go. Very, and a very bright pink pencil, I noticed. Yeah. I nicked that from downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, yes. So, we are going to get into Dave's talk. Uh, As Sharon said, as we said at the beginning, we are going to do Conversation Street afterwards. So, be busy in the comments. uh, Write down your questions, thoughts, ideas, all that sort of stuff. Once I've got my iPad working, I will join you in the comments. Um, And, yeah, we'll be back shortly. So, I'm going to push this button on here. We are going to get Dave... Up. I'm looking for the talk button. There it is. Uh, we're going to get Dave up and we'll be back soon. Today, I want us to consider what the apostles preached as they went throughout the world, declaring Jesus as their Lord and resurrected Saviour. The focus here in the book of Acts is on the ministry work of Paul and his co-worker Barnabas. They have been set apart by the Holy Spirit to travel through various areas of the Roman Empire, preaching this good news message. They have been going into Jewish synagogues, proclaiming that Jesus is the fulfilment of all of God's promises. They proclaim that we are being forgiven and freed from all that we could not free ourselves from. Acts 14 opens by showing that Paul and Barnabas are going into more cities proclaiming this good news. They have a mixed response from those people who hear their message. We read in Acts 14 verse 1 that Paul and Barnabas went into Iconium and as usual went into the Jewish synagogue. There we read that a great number of both Jews and Gentiles receive their message and become believers. Yet we read in verse 2 that there are unbelieving Jews who are stirring up trouble amongst the people and poisoning their minds against Paul and Barnabas. What's happening here is that the enemy is using these people to poison the minds of the people in order to turn their hearts against Paul and Barnabas and their message. This is what the enemy does, poison minds to turn them against the truth and against those who speak the truth. Verse 4 tells us that the city of Iconium was completely divided. Some sided with the apostles and some sided with the opposition. We go on to read in verse 5 how the opposition becomes so great that the Gentiles and the Jews, along with the leaders of the city, start to conspire to attack Paul and Barnabas and to kill them by stoning. We read that Paul and Barnabas 
find out about the plot and escape. So they go to another city. And what do you think they do? Well, verse 7 tells us where they continue to preach the gospel. This is the same message, the same gospel. In verse 9, Paul and Barnabas enter the city of Lystra and there they find a man who's been lame since birth. He's never walked. The man was listening to Paul's preaching. Then Paul looked at him and seeing his faith, declared in a loud voice. In verse 10, stand up on your feet. Immediately we read that the man jumped up and began to walk. That must have been an amazing sight to see. The crowd that was listening to Paul was so astounded. But notice what these observers say. We read in verse 11, they shouted in the Laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. These people actually thought the Greek gods have come to earth. They called Barnabas Zeus and they called Paul Hermes. The priests of Zeus bring out oxen so that they can make a sacrifice to um, Paul and Barnabas because they think they're gods and the crowd want to be part of this. When Paul and Barnabas understand what the people are doing, please note their response. They do not accept this. They do not receive the praise and the flattery of the people. They are not happy about what is happening. Paul and Barnabas's response is that they tear their clothes and they run into the crowd to tell them to stop doing what they're doing. Could we just pause for a moment? I believe that there's a warning for us here today in this scripture. It is so important that we do not make celebrities of our pastors or worship leaders, etc. Let's not turn them into gods or idols. Their primary responsibility is to honour God in all that they do. My friends, by all means, Honour and respect them and be thankful for their ministries. But let's make sure that we give all the honour, all the glory, all the focus to God. Let's return to our reading in the book of Acts. We read their message in verse 15 and 17. People, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you. And we are proclaiming good news to you that you will turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea and everything in them. Can you hear the thrust of their message? We are bringing you good news. That we are to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made all things. The good news is that we do not need to worship what has been created because doing so is worthless, useless and empty. Friends, if we are involved in the worthless things of this world, how can we ever tell people to turn from the worthless things of the world? We must show by our actions, our words, 
and our attitudes that we value relationship with Jesus above the emptiness of the world. With this response in Lystra, we would think that the rest of the time would go well for Paul and Barnabas. They are barely restraining the people from worshipping them in verse 18. But look at verse 19. Some of the opposing Jews from Antioch and Iconium persuade the crowds. They stone Paul and they drag him out of the city, believing that he was dead. What a change in their opinion. The crowd go from trying to worship Paul and Barnabas to declaring that their actions are worthy of death. After the crowd leaves, the disciples gather around him and we read that Paul gets up and went back into the city. Yes, that's right, he went back into the city. Then the next day Paul and Barnabas leave for the next city. Even stoning does not stop Paul. We read they preach the gospel in the next city, in Derby, as well. They don't stop. They don't think, we must be wise here. We mustn't be foolish. What they thought is, this is where God has called us to. And we know what God has called us to say and do. So we must do it. I want us to focus our attention on verse 21 and 22. Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, that's the city where Paul was stoned, to Iconium, the city where the crowds and the leaders were planning to stone them, but where they escaped from, then to Antioch, where the people were stirred up against Paul and Barnabas, and they were driven out of that city. And yet we read that they returned to those same cities and met with the disciples they had made. At this point, are you wondering what Paul and Barnabas are going to share with these new disciples after experiencing persecution and hardship? What are they going to tell these disciples? Well, verse 22 says this, We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Let me remind you, the point of going back was to encourage these new believers, encouraging them to stay true to their newfound faith. Paul and Barnabas' message is this. It's necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Is that encouraging to you? Does that strengthen you? On the surface, I think my immediate response is that it's not very encouraging. You know, to be honest, my preference would be not to go through hardship and persecution. I don't want it to be hard to enter the kingdom of God. Yet I want us to see why this is an encouragement. Paul and Barnabas are meeting with these disciples I wonder what these new disciples thought when they saw Paul bruised and beaten. What was Paul trying to tell these disciples? I think he's simply telling them that nothing went wrong. 
this was not a mistake. We so often equate pain with making a mistake. Paul is telling us that going through hardship for the sake of Jesus is not a mistake. It is through our hardships, not our ease, that we will enter God's kingdom. I want to say it again, nothing went wrong. There is going to be opposition, but the mission must continue. We must continue to carry the good news of Jesus, whether it's received or rejected. I think it would be true to say that many Christians can have a tendency to think that if they encounter resistance or hardship, something is wrong. My friends, can I just suggest maybe it's just time to lean harder into God and trust him even more. Can I conclude with this? One of my favourite quotes of all time is from a book I read as a very young Christian, a book by a guy called Jim Elliot. And the quote says simply this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's such a wonderful quote. That quote speaks so much of the heart of that man. My friends, can I encourage you to be faithful to the call of God? Take every opportunity he sets before you and trust him because he is faithful always. God bless you. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. I always think about what my husband said something to me early on. If we don't get the answer for your health situation the way we want, all we're doing is trading what we can't keep for something we can never lose. And it made so much sense because I wanted that healing, but you know, any healing, any physical healing is only going to be temporary. And I think God has his sights on something so much more permanent than that. He's always been about seeking a relationship with us and he'll go to any lengths, you know, any cost to him, any cost to us to have that relationship. One of the real bonuses of having this long-term health condition has shown me is that what I really needed and wanted was that relationship and not so much that healing that I started out thinking that was what I really needed. Welcome back. Welcome to Conversation Street. Great that you are here. Uh, like Matt Cruper in the comments, what I love about Dave Conn is that he fits his talks within 12 minutes, succinctly puts everything in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, so other than the fact he would put that on the, there you go, you see. Uh, other than the fact that it was 12 minutes long, what else did we think Dave Connolly's talk? Pastor Dave, who has been a friend of ours for a very, very long very time. Very long time, yeah. Yeah, I've got quite a few points that I thought would be good to pick up on, but just listening to that What's the Story um, intro, 
I just thought it was interesting that what that lady said really linked with that quote that Dave said. Um, the quote Dave said was, he is no fool that gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And she kind of said yeah. the same, but in slightly different wording. So apparently that wasn't planned. It definitely, well, I say that. Um, was it? Tanya, who does all the clips um, and does all the editing, may well have planned it. Uh -huh. uh, but I, knowing Tanya, and I love Tanya to bits, I don't think it was planned. <laughs> would be my cool. guess i will find out next week actually i'm quite uh, interesting that was a story episode with um i think her name is laurianne uh if i remember rightly um have you heard that episode no oh it's just as remarkable uh really compelling story that she has um just later on in life found a heart condition uh, and unless god does a miracle um, things aren't looking great. So just the way she talks about that and the way she talks about her story and her journey with God through it, um, just remarkable. Mm. Um, Laurie-Anne, go check out that episode, whatsthestorypodcast.com. Um, you will be genuinely inspired. Uh, what a lovely lady. What a brave lady. Um, and yes, uh, that quote tied in very well with, uh, was it Jim Elliott? Uh, yeah. He, he is no, what was it? He is no fool to... He is no fool that gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. There you go. Or, yeah, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> roughly translated. Uh, yes, no, cool. So let's get into Conversation Street and uh, let's dig uh, in. Yeah, Matt Cruz says it is, Laurie, I thought it was. Um, and uh, Anna doing a remarkable job there with What's the Story uh, and the interviews. Just some incredible stuff coming out. I'm loving the podcast, genuinely loving the podcast. But let's talk about... Um, the talk, because mm -hmm. that's what we do in Conversation Street. We talk about the talk. We do. Uh, Woohoo. Uh, so, babe, um, sorry, we are married. Uh, if you just joined us <laughs> later. <laughs> you don't call this anyone, babe, do you? Well, at least I hope not. Well, Dan Orange may be on occasion. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, listen, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you've just joined us, welcome. My name is Matt. This is Sharon. Uh, we are some of the leaders here at Crowd Church. Um, I say some because one of the things that Dave said and one of the things that we've tried very hard to avoid is the celebrity culture of the pastor, um, which is it's a lot easier to do when your church is smaller, like Crown. <laughs> uh, it's not so easy to do when you've got the mega church, you know, and everything's geared mm -hmm. around quite a charismatic pastor. Um, yeah, that was one of the points that I'd, I've, I've got about four things. I was like, oh, I could really do picking up on those. And ce celebrity was one of those because... I think we have seen um, a lot of difficulties within churches where that is an issue, yeah. where everything kind of focuses more on the church leader or the worship leader rather yeah. than actually on Jesus. Um, but on the flip side of that, I thought actually sometimes it can, like if, if we're getting a lot of praise from people, if we're doing something good, it can be easy for us to kind of get into that, oh, I'm the celebrity kind yeah, of thing, yeah. or do you know what I mean? Just soak up the praise of people rather than going hang on a minute it's it's great to be encouraged isn't it yeah but there's a difference between encouragement and having that whole kind of celebrity culture yeah there is and it's it's a really interesting one isn't it about um you know where do you boast uh you know where it's it's because here at work I, for those of you who don't know i run my own company uh, in fact the studio is at my um warehouse uh, we are in our warehouse as we speak 
Um, and so we have this studio here. I run a company. Um, I get invited to go speak all over the world. I'm involved in stuff. Um, it's easy to fall into this idea of building your own brand, right? Which is, this is a really popular thing in the business mm. world at the moment. You, you need to build your own brand. And there is some, I get why people are saying it from a marketing point of view. You know, we need to build our own brand. The CEO needs to have his own brand. He needs to have his own Twitter feed and uh, all that sort of stuff. And I get it. I do understand it. I get the pull of it and the desire of it. Um, but I felt challenged, I think, when we started Crowd. Uh, to pull away from that, to stop building the Matt Edmondson brand for want of a better expression. Um, and so haven't done that for the last two or three years. And I have to say, it's been quite liberating. Good. Right. Glad to hear it. <laughs> I don't know if it's helped us as a business. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't know whether that's helped us or not. Um, but I do get this desire, this pull to be the celebrity, to be the leader, to be... Uh, the person whose name is on the, you know, uh, on the top of the document or whatever it is, whether that's as a pastor, whether that's as a business leader. Um, and it's not wrong, obviously, because it is, it, well, it's our company. Uh, it is um, our name at the top of the piece of paper. Um, but it's not about me. And church is not about the pastor, is it? And this is what we talk about with the celebrity side yeah, of things. Yeah, like church should be about Jesus, about God. It's like he is celebrity in a sense. But mm. Obviously, a lot more than that. Yeah. What do you think are some of the downfalls of the current sort of celebrity pastor culture that we have? Um, I think it, it's place. It's making an idol of things that it's like um, the way we're designed to be is with God is the one that we look to for everything. He's meant to be our main priority and everything falls under that. But with celebrity culture, I think we can tend to elevate people to a position that they were never designed to be in yeah um so then it can go to people's heads so our our affection is kind of misplaced and i think we can put um too much stock on what uh, our expectations of people and give um yeah put false expectations yeah. on people um but at the same time can lead them to then getting proud and abusing power and yeah. all that kind of thing. We're just not designed for it, even though we tend to be drawn. We, we want to be light, don't we? Yeah. We want to be encouraged. And I think, yeah, the Bible tells us to encourage each other. But God's designed us to work in a certain way. And he's yeah. not designed us where we're like idolizing people. Yeah, it's very true. He's uh, the Bible calls Jesus the head. Um so he's 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 the head, isn't he? And it's 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 interesting, you know. There have been some high-profile pastors who have been in the media, um, who have for what what you know one reason or another, celebrity culture has not helped them. Mm -hmm. They felt the pressure of that. They've either ended up having an affair or there was abuse that came out of it. And there's the problem when you put too much power in one person's hands, isn't it? And so. Yeah. Um, it's I get the need for leadership. I do. And obviously the Bible is very clear on leadership. Um, but yeah, that celebrity culture, the lack of accountability, that would be another thing that we see a lot in that culture, isn't it? That um, you you start to become unaccountable for a lot of your actions because it's like, well, no, God, it's when you use phrases like, well, God said, you know, well, God's told me, I'm the pastor, God's told me we are to do dot, dot, dot. Therefore, there's... It's very hard to argue against that if you're yeah. a, a lay person. I think yeah. it's um, 
And Jesus modelled the sort of leadership that is part of his kingdom, which is a servant leadership. Yeah. Um, and he says, he said to his disciples that um, in the world, leaders tend to lord it over yeah. the people under them. But he's like, it, that's not the way this kingdom works. You yeah. want to serve people and to lift other people up, not lift yourself up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what Dave was trying to draw out of that passage, wasn't it? When um, the crowds were going, the gods have come amongst us. I mean, that that's going to sound really good, isn't it? I, You know, uh, God's using you that much that people think you are, in fact, God. You know, and there's the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and all that sort of stuff, which is fantastic, following them around. And like, the gods have come down amongst us. And they're like, no, no, hang on a minute. Uh, this is it's not right to call us gods and i think um as leaders we should probably just take that on board shouldn't we really yeah um oh i've switched the wrong cat there we go Uh, (laughs) good camera switching matthew uh but no we should we should definitely take that on board shouldn't we and and um and remember that this is all about god it's all about glorifying him and when we lose that when we lose that ability to do that when we stop seeing him and start falling back on our own ability to do stuff, then we've got, um, we have got problems. And it's not, like you say, it's not just related to celebrity pastors. Um, I think it's, it's true in all walks of life. We can all fall danger of this. Yeah. Uh, Andy says here, God is CEO of all churches. Like the language there, Andy. <laughs> yeah, very uh, good business language. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very, very true. Um, uh, what's this? Nicholas said, never designed or sometimes wanted. Uh, I'm assuming we're talking about the celebrity pastor thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those where uh, we want Sharon back. Thanks. <laughs> Just going through the comments, obviously talking about my dodgy camera switching. Um, <laughs> so, so celebrity pastor aside, um, what Dave said, there's this very interesting phrase that he used about honouring your pastors and honouring your leaders, which we do talk about a lot in church. Now, this is going to sound like a really fascinating conversation, given that we are the leaders, I suppose, of crowd in, in many ways. Um, there's on, obviously, there's Anna and, and Dan and, and people as well who aren't on the live stream. Uh, so it's not just us. Just want to point that out. There are other people involved, uh, just so we know. Um, what, do we th- what do you hear and understand by the phrase honor. So when you when you when we talk about honoring leadership, what mm. what does that mean to you? Hmm, good question. Um, I guess to be respectful and thankful, and I don't think it's just within the church context. I think that works within any context that we work in. Yeah. Um, that the Bible does tell us to um, like pray for our leaders and. Yeah, there's mm. that whole respect within leadership, even when they might not always be easy. <laughs> might not be easy to do that all the time. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we, um, like if somebody's doing something very wrong, it doesn't mean that we just gloss over it and pretend that's not yeah. happening. But I think, yeah, just having that sense of respect and thankfulness yeah. for the good things. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, uh, Matt said they're great answer. Yeah, absolutely, uh, great answer. And I think it, it, I think that's very good. I think uh, I, I don't know if I can add anything to it. Um, I was. So I think it's interesting that the Bible does tell us to pray for our leaders, whoever they might be, and uh, they need it, don't they? Mm. <laughs> because they're leading people. Is it? It's difficult, and 
also as people as leaders everybody's flawed so they really need a lot of our prayers and that's yeah. probably something I forget to do on a regular basis <laughs> but it's easy to moan about our leaders when yeah. they're getting it wrong and doing a bad job but actually we have a responsibility to pray for people yeah and actually you could argue are the leaders doing a bad job because the church isn't praying for them especially like political leaders um you know uh it's always one of my favorite questions to ask christians who are moaning about the state of the country is like it's great but how much have you prayed for them recently mm-hmm. uh, it's not to say our, our leaders are above reproach they're not especially the political mm-hmm. leaders and it's good to call like you say we, we call stuff out you know there's when it's a lie it's a lie we've got to call that out you know things mm-hmm. like um putting refugees and asylum seekers on a boat and shipping them off to another country is just things like that are wrong uh, and we should we should you know call that out shouldn't we but at the same time these are imperfect people who have an immense role and need our prayers mm. um, and it's the same in church you know leadership i think is one of those things that everybody wants until they get it <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like oh Actually, this thing is not as good as I thought it was going to be, which means I have to do things. I have to sacrifice. I have to serve. I have to do this, that, and the other. Um, at least that's the, the leadership we feel we should yeah. be modelling as yeah, Christians. Yeah, I think the leadership that Jesus modelled is one of sacrifice and service, like you yeah. said, not one of power and lording it over people. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, anything else on that? Uh I've got other points. Yeah, yeah, let's go pick up on the other points. Um, you go for it. Let me do this. There yeah, you go. I think I thought it was interesting that Dave was talking about hardship and how Paul went and encouraged the uh, the people that had become Christians by, and his encouragement was to say, you're going to have a, a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, great. I'm definitely with Dave on this one. Would much prefer a lovely, easy time. Yep. Um, we've just come back, well, not long ago, come back from holiday, and it was, like, so nice and relaxing. Sorry, I'm losing a... Has it falling out? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really lovely and relaxing, and, you know, and then you come back and it's, like, all this stuff going on and problems, and you're like... Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, it would be nice if life was, like, one big holiday. But the reality is it's not. Um, but... I, I think as Christians, we can sometimes think that if things are going wrong, it can be like, oh, why are they going wrong? I'm following God. Surely everything should be fine. And I think sometimes things do go wrong because we've been stupid or we've made the wrong decision. But Mentioning no names live on air. (laughs) But (laughs) that's only a tiny part of the story. If you look throughout the whole Bible, those people who love God, who are following God, and life is just hard. Um, and they're doing they're doing exactly what they've been called to do, like Paul and yep. Barnabas. Um, they're where God wants them to be, but things just keep going wrong. Yeah. So I don't think we can judge what whether we're in God's will or not, or yeah. whether you know we've done something wrong just because life's difficult and things are going yeah. bad. We we kind of need discernment to know what's going on in these situations sometimes it is just because we are directly in god's will yeah and the bible talks about that we have an enemy oh i'm losing it again (laughs) (laughs) it must be small um yeah we have an an enemy who wants to pull us away from the truth wants to pull us away from god 
um, and we'll do anything to try and do that. And we're living in this broken world, so stuff is going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's just a fact of life. Yeah, which I don't really like, but it's a fact of life. Yeah, no one wants it. No, no one wants it. But you, um, you can't get away from the fact the Bible talks about it and warns us against it. Uh, warns us not against it. Warns us about it. Really, yeah. um, you're going to face hardships. You're going to face trials and tribulations and persecutions and we're not immune from it right which is why i think dave i think quite well pulled that out that on the surface of it that doesn't sound like an encouragement but actually it is an encouragement because if you're going through a hard time it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong place or the wrong stuff or that you've missed it it might be that that's just the way it is right now yeah no it's very true very true it's um it's we, we always say it's it's very difficult to judge the will of God by what you're going through in life, right? Yeah. Um, because, again, it, the will of God is not about how you feel about it. Um, and Dave talked about this, didn't he? He, he? You know, I think if you have a good sense of mission, a good sense of purpose, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to face those hardships. So Paul, again, Dave drew this out in the talk, that Paul goes back to the place that stoned him practically to death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I'd have PTSD. <laughs> You'd have flashbacks, wouldn't yeah, you, when yeah. you sort of go back to something like that. Um, but Paul heads back there to encourage the church at that mm. place, doesn't he? He's yeah. sort of, it's really interesting, his approach to that whole thing. Um, I don't think he was blasé about it. No, um, you don't get that sense. I don't get that sense reading scripture, but I no. get the sense that he was fearless about it. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? He kind of... He had the sense of mission, sense of call. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, which I think is another point on here because Dave as well brought that out about that Paul and Barnabas knew what they were called to and they were very much focused on that. And he was talking about the different reactions of different people to what they were doing. And some people loved it and responded to the message. Some people Mm. hated it. And it's like we can be doing what God wants us to do but we're going to get different reactions from different people. But I get the impression that Paul and Barnabas were so focused on their call and what they were meant to do that it's almost like you can kind of drown out these other voices in a sense and just kind of go, okay, God's pleased with me. That's all I need to focus on and forget about that. And again, I think that's quite a good principle for life is – knowing what god has called us to do which i realize can be a tricky subject yeah that's a topic on its own right yeah uh, personally i think from scripture i I get the impression that we've everybody's got this general calling which is a lot easier so things like give thanks in all circumstances um and if um in all the work you're doing work as if you're working to god so whether Mm. that's paid work or voluntary work or whether you're at home with the kids whatever productive kind of stuff that you're involved in it's like we're not working for people and for people's praise but let's let's do it to god yeah um yeah so i think just that whole thing of knowing what we're called to do whether that's in a very general sense yeah uh, sometimes i think we can possibly get too hung up on oh i don't know what god's called me to do and get a bit paralyzed by it so it's just yeah. like let's just start with the simple stuff that we know yeah is for everybody and yeah work from 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, just going back to this, uh, back to the comments, Nicholas says, hardships make you who you are. It's what you do with it that counts. Very true. Yeah. Um, you can grow through what you go through, mm-hmm. uh, is a phrase I use all the time. Uh, or you can just let it mess you up, I suppose. And he said, as long as you're in God's mission, um, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, which is very, very true. And that, again... Coming back to calling, because like you say, a lot of people get caught up on this. The, you know, what am I called to do? What's God's calling on my life? And for some of us, uh, for I, in fact, let me say for the majority of us, that is a lifelong process of finding out, mm. right? And I do think that just like Paul goes on this missionary journey, what we see in Acts, it's like God um, calls Paul to go here, then to go there, then to go there. And as Paul just knows this bit, he doesn't know all of this. He just knows this bit. And that tends to be how life is. We just know the next little bit and somehow God works it all together. Um, but calling is, like you say, there are some general points to our calling. Um, and if you're wondering what your calling is, if you're wondering what your mission in life is and you're not sure, start with what you know, mm-hmm. right? And so where are you um, at? Where, exactly, where are you at? And calling is a lot like a coin, you know, I, I know we don't use cash anymore since COVID, um, <laughs> but if I had a coin, I'd show you, but I've not seen a coin for a long time. Uh, but on the British coins, uh, we still have the queen's head on one side or now the new king. Uh, and then we have the, you know, a, a specific value on one side and common to every single coin is the is the crown. Right. That's common to every single coin. So King Charles will be on every single coin at some point, right? It was Queen Elizabeth. Now it's going to be King Charles. And for us as Christians, our lives, there are things which mark us, which are the same for all of us. So things like give thanks in all situations. You know, there are certain things which we are called to do. Live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, there are all of these things, right? Pray for your leaders. We talked mm. about that. All of these things that, you know, are general things which we are called to do. That's the crown side. And then when you flip the coin over, you get the specific value of that coin, the specific thing that it's, you know, its denomination, what it's there for. Um, And that's, you know, these specific callings that God gives us. Understanding what that is for this season in life, this point in time, and it may change over time, and that's fine. But understanding that is not as important as you think it is, and it's not as complicated as we think it is. Um, and I like what Andy said, uh, uh, we put it on the screen, as long as you're on God's mission, uh, you're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's, if you're a Christian who is praying and, you know, trying to do the right thing, you're, you're listening to the voice of God as best as you can, you, you may not be perfect, but it's actually, I think it's much harder to miss the will of God for our lives. Yeah. Than we than we think it is. Do you know what I mean? If you are a Christian with the Holy Spirit inside you guiding you, I wouldn't worry about it and stress about it too much. So hopefully that's an encouragement to you. If you're wondering about, you know, what God, what has God called me to do? If you focus on the royal side first, focus on the crown, focus on the things of God, the other stuff becomes clearer as mm. you go through. That's yeah. my observation. Nicola says she's called to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do like that, Nicola. Uh, Zoe, my daughter, our daughter as well. Well, you know, she's yours and mine. Um, <laughs> we've been working on these T-shirt designs called Created Awesome. I am created awesome. It's just a burden I have to bear. Um, it's, it's one of the phrases that I use on all the podcasts that I, I'm involved with. And um, so I totally agree, Nicola. I'm called to be, we are all called to be awesome. We are created awesome. Although somebody did misread one of the T-shirts recently and went, what's grated awesome? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd take whatever I can get, I suppose. <laughs> I'm grated awesome. Uh, created awesome. It's just a burden I've got to bear. You've got to bear it. I've got to bear it. Sharon's got to bear it. We've all got to bear it. It's just a burden. But like, you know, case sera, sera. <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. Dealing with awesomes. That's awesome. So what's next on your little list? Uh, I, that's kind of it, really. <laughs> Work through. Oh, wow. Did you have any? Well, I mean. Pick up on. Yeah, there's a number of things, isn't there? I mean, we've one of the things, going back to the hardship thing, we've talked a lot about that over recent weeks. It seems to be a recurring theme mm. in the book of Acts. God moves. God does a miraculous but persecution, hardships, sufferings, tribulations, trials, whatever language we want to use, life not going the way we expect it to go also seems to be one of the key themes of Acts, which is why we've talked about it so much over the last few weeks, because you can't, you can't read the book of Acts and think everything is rosy in life, right? Mm. Um, I'm always amazed when, I mean, I don't do pastoral counselling that well, mainly because... <laughs> When I sit down with people who are not happy that life's not going well, and I don't get me wrong, I understand it and there is empathy. You know, it is hard. It is tough. But when life's not going well, but you kind of have this entitlement belief that it should go well. I'm like, I really struggle with that. I'm like, OK, so you're the one person that the Bible does therefore not apply to because you can't read scripture and escape this that life is, is in seasons, that there are going to be ups, there are going to be downs. Um, and God is with us regardless, you know, and judging what God is saying, judging what God is doing on the basis of how I feel is always a dangerous place to be. Mm. Um, and so, um, so yeah, that's a reason why we've talked about it so much. Um, over, if you've been following us on recent live streams, you, you can't escape it. You just, it can't, it's in acts. It's just, it's a theme of, Acts, you know, there's these amazing things happening, but there's incredibly hard things happening at the same time. And in fact, I remember a guy called Peter Daniels, who was, um, I don't know if he's still around actually, Peter Daniels, I assume he is. Um, he became a Christian, Australian guy, became a Christian, very wealthy businessman. And he started going around doing these different um, talks, just, you know, some people would say it was self-help. It's, uh, he brought the gospel into it. Really, I really appreciated his talks. Um, from uh, this wealthy business guys, and he said um, he, he was talking about problems, and he made this statement, which I've never ever forgotten. He said, "If you've not got any problems in life, you need to get on your knees and say to God, do you not trust me anymore?'" And I thought that was a really powerful thing to say. Do you know what I mean it's like if you've not got any problems, does God not trust you anymore? And I think. Um, you know, God gives us things, doesn't he, to deal with and, and, and to work through and to, to bring his gospel to, to the world. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to round that, bring that uh, in there, just in case you were. We're going to be talking about it again. Um, there's no doubt it's, it's coming up a lot in Acts. Um, I think one of the things 
Dave, I think, said towards the end was about um, using every situation just to press more into God. Mm. Um, and you could potentially say, well, is it if we're going to have all these problems as a Christian, is it actually worth it? I think you're going to have problems whether whatever faith or whether you've got no yeah. faith. And I kind of feel like it's better to do that with God than without. But mm. it also reminds me, I think there's um, a story that, Jesus tells about a guy who discovers that there's treasure in a field so he sells everything he's got so mm. that he can buy this field and to get the treasure and it is saying that whatever the price that we have to pay that actually knowing God is worth it is actually worth it and yeah. it's it sometimes depending on what we're going through and where our emotions at that or at, at that moment it doesn't always feel that way but i think yeah. it's hanging on to that truth that actually god jesus he's worth giving all that stuff up for because he is so much more yeah yeah exactly and that's what Ann makes clear in her podcast i don't know if you heard that at the end she said what she discovered throughout that whole process was the relationship that she uh you know has just transformed her life was more important than the healing that she started out to to get she 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 started searching for healing and she discovered relationship with god whatever that means and looks like for her you know but she drew near to god and in that met him in a very real and powerful way and this you know is now telling a story and encouraging people she's written a book called divine detours there's all kinds of stuff going on god is using her in that situation mm -hmm. um and i think yes press into god i think the only other thing from uh my notes from what dave was saying was that the gospel in the mind of the Christian is good news. It means good news, mm. right? Not everybody receives it in the same way. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah. something else that we learn from this, isn't it? It's like every, not everyone's happy to hear it. And you might, th you, you might go, well, hang on, this is the, the greatest news. Why would you not want to uh, understand this? Why would you not want to receive this? Because... It's been so transformational for you. It's been so life-giving, you know, this gospel, this Jesus who has changed our lives. We think everybody would be mind-blown if they, you know, receive this gospel. But actually, some people don't receive it particularly well. So some people will be like, yeah, whatever. Some people were so angry with Paul and Barnabas that they stoned him practically mm -hmm. to death. I mean, praise God that doesn't happen today. What, in this country? Well, in this country. It yeah. does it does yeah, yeah that's true world, yeah it does happen around the world but you know praise god not hit not here um i don't think i've got a lynch mob waiting outside waiting to stone me for doing the, the live stream um but it 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 is one of those things that, that we have to be aware of that when we're sharing the gospel when we're sharing the good news so when we put stuff out on social media not all the comments are positive as we've discovered right mm -hmm. um and so when people put negative comments on the social media don't have a go at them just invite questions. Just ask some questions about what they've put and, and start the conversation and see where it goes because you never know. Um, but, you know, not everybody's going to receive the good news. Not everybody's ready to receive it at that point. And actually, for a number of people, it might make them angry. And you, we shouldn't be surprised at that. Yeah. Um, because the, the gospel is actually also quite offensive because it challenges you and it challenges your personal beliefs. Um, and so I think... Just be aware of that and be sensitive to that, that maybe the person that you're trying to share the gospel with at the moment 
maybe now's not the best time because it might make them angry. But we can lead with some kind of questions. We can go into that um, a little bit further. But don't be surprised always by the reaction that people have. And we, it's like we don't have to control other people's reactions. We're not responsible for how people react to the message. We just have the responsibility to bring the message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we'll see with Paul's journey is actually um, the way he brings the message differs between different people groups. He is very aware of who he is speaking to, and he brings a gospel in a way that's going to best connect with that people group, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's not just a case of one message for everybody. It's like understanding who's our audience, who we're we trying to reach, what's the best way to connect with them. So we know for with Crowd, for example, a lot of people who watch it aren't or unchurched people and if you're unchurched if you're still searching for the, in the christian faith you're so welcome here and we love the fact that you know people come along text us all the time questions which i just love no question is a stupid question i just want to point that out love getting all the questions um but that has an implication that means when we we don't always do a great job but it means that when we communicate we try and communicate without all the christian ease uh that is you know <laughs> prevalent um, we try, if we use words like salvation or redemption or all those sorts of words, um, we, we at least try and explain what they mean because we're aware of who the audience is or, you know, mm -hmm. predominantly watching the, the, the live stream. Um, what's really cool, uh, Pastor Alexander, who was also on the podcast, if you haven't heard his story, you know, uh, Pastor Alexander from the Congo. I know that there are people in the Congo watching crowd and it's awesome. Uh, that you are you know uh and so i just love that i love the fact that it goes global um but being aware of your audience and sharing the gospel uh we're going to see that as we go through. just a little heads up we're going to see yeah. that as we go through which is going to be great yeah. so so the message stays the same but the method of communicating that potentially changes you're a genius mm. love that don't know about genius but you know she said it perfectly i'm just going to stop talking now i'm just you, you, in fact here just do this you go ahead <laughs> oh, was oh, that it? Okay, cool. That's it. Short, sweet. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's all I've got. Well, it is uh, coming up to the top of the hour, so I think we will close conversation street there. Uh, so, <laughs> Matt's in the comments. Uh, next week is about freedom and relationship. I do believe, um, Matt. You will probably know more than me, given that you manage all of this sort of. Well, involved in all of this sort of stuff. Uh, Anna Kettle is involved next week. Yes, she is. Anna, who hosts a lot actually um, on Crowd, who is an absolute legend in her own right, mm -hmm. is doing the talk next week. And we've got Dan and Ruth Orange, who are hosting brother and sister. They're awesome. They did it. Weren't they? they did it a few weeks ago together, and we all thought this is really cool. Brother and sister hosting crowd, uh, and so they are back next week hosting crowd. We've got the amazing Anna Kettle talking, uh, and so really, really looking forward to that. Anna, Anna's just another one of those person you mentioned earlier on. She's like you know, because she's been through a lot. You hear her story on what's the story. You hear you learn about all the miscarriages that her and Andy, her husband, have been through, um, and she said the same thing. She, I remember her saying, you know. If I didn't have God, I would still have to face all of this, but without him. Mm. Better with him than without him. Uh, and so really looking forward to mm. Anna coming on to the show. Uh, we love Dan and Ruth. We love, oh, there's a lot of love in the, in the comments for these guys, which is great. Uh, so, yes, do promote the Zoom. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just like clockwork. Do you want to promote the Zoom? Uh, yeah, if you'd like to connect with us more, we have a midweek Zoom. 
um, where we just catch up with each other and pray for anything that's going on with crowd or with each other. And uh, yeah, it's just a good chance to connect. So how do people do that if they want to? Uh, simple. You just go to the website, which I think is this button here. There it is. Uh, www.crowd.church. Or you can reach us on Instagram or Facebook at Crowd Church. Uh, just DM us. Do you like that DM? Direct message or shoot us an email. Uh, you will also find on the website, crowd.church, you will find the WhatsApp number. You can reach us on WhatsApp by message. Uh, I know some people do try and call, but we don't get the calls don't come through, but the messages do. Um, so do messages on that and we'll send you the details of the Zoom. And hopefully starting in, I don't know why I looked at my watch, <laughs> hopefully starting in October, because, uh, you know, now September, hopefully starting in October, we'll be doing the post live stream Zoom on the, after the Sunday service. So after this service, uh, we'll be doing a 10, 15 minute Zoom after the service just to catch up uh, for any of you uh, on the live stream as well. There are some other things that we're looking into. We will, of course, keep you updated with all the changes and stuff coming uh, as we continue to grow and uh, just do this journey online, which is I'm loving it. Actually, it's quite nice. <laughs> it's nice and easy. He says, with three cameras pointing at him and lights and switches and all that sort of stuff. Cool. <laughs> so I think, shall we end it there? Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for us. Do join us. Do make sure you like and subscribe uh, and we'll let you know what's going on. If you haven't done so already, head over to the website, sign up to the newsletter and we will email you all the good stuff uh, whenever we are going live. Thank you for joining in the comments. Great to see you in there. Thanks for your thoughts. Conversation is always better. Conversation Street is always better when you're involved. Hashtag the same. Um, but yes, stay awesome because you created awesome. Does this call to be awesome? That's what Nicholas said. I don't know. I'm pointing that way because that's where the comments are. <laughs> I just realized, why is he pointing that way? That's where the comments are in terms of my eye line. Um, but no, great to see you uh, this week. Thank you so much for joining us uh, from Sharon and myself. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.